0: a couple verses and I'll let you be seated. Romans chapter number 12, verse number 1. Romans 12, verse number 1. If you're here for the very first time, once again, let me thank you for being here. It is our privilege and it is honor to us for you to be here and it is our desire and our wish to be a blessing to you and I hope we have been and I hope we're going to be. We want to be your friend. We want to be your friend and uh, and thank God for the opportunity to do so. Amen. If you're glad to be in God's house, say amen. 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 We have a standing policy here at Temple Baptist Church. We don't have many policies, but we got a few of them. Amen. Uh, We got a couple, and one policy we have is that when God's talking to you, you come talk to him. Uh, We don't have a designated altar time. Uh, Some churches don't want you to move at all. Some churches want you just to move in the invitation. But I found out this. When God decides to talk to me, I need to decide to listen. And if I've got a burden, I don't have to wait till the end of the service to give it to him. I can come at any time that I feel that burden, and I can come give it to him at this altar, and I know he's going to meet my need. Amen? All right, Romans 12, verse number 1. If you found your place, say amen. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service not above and beyond the call of duty not not greater than is expected it's just reasonable, it's just logical that we do that verse number 2 says this and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove or discern what is that good and acceptable which means well pleasing and perfect will of God God. If there is anything that any Christian ought to want to know and ought to want to be involved in and and serving in, it's the perfect will of God. It's what we've been talking about, what we've been preaching about, what we've been discussing. This whole month has been dedicated morning and afternoon on the subject of finding my destiny. What is my destiny? What is my calling? What is my gift? What is it? What is the will of God for my life? We want to to continue on that subject here this morning. Uh, Let's bow our heads and pray and ask the Lord to meet our needs. Real quickly, uh, Brother Kendrick, would you ask the Lord to bless this message? Help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I wanna, I want to uh, give maybe a little commercial before the message, or or just not a commercial, but maybe a warning thought before the message this morning. Uh, some of you may leave here, and I don't want you to, and I don't intend for you to, and I'm gonna try to talk you out of it. Uh, But some of you may leave here today and think that, well, I don't need to start or try to do anything for God till I get my act together. Man, if we all waited on that, there would be nothing getting done for God. I am in the process of getting my act together. I'm trying my best to be what God wants me to be, and i got a long way to go, and God's still working on me. But, and through this message, I want you to understand something. I know the devil's going to tell you this, but when we start working on this and start dissecting God's word in this particular verse that we're going to look at in verse number 2, uh, you're going to get the impression that I don't want you to do anything or I don't want you involved or I don't want you serving till you've got it all together. First lie the devil will tell you is that one right there. So just get that one out of your mind. Don't even think about that. Don't even put that in your your processor and think about it. Keep it out of your mind. I want you involved now. I want you involved right now. I don't want you to wait till Jesus comes. I don't want you to wait till next year, next month, or till you think you have it all together. God needs you. God wants you right now. If you understand that, say amen. The Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And Sunday nights, we're teaching on each one of those gifts that are given here in chapter number 12, those motivational or functional gifts that every one of you have. If you are breathing air, you got one. If you, are, if you have red blood flowing through your veins, you have one of these gifts. God has given it to you specifically to honor Him and to serve Him and to edify and build up the body of Christ. You have one. But as we were studying this and talking about this, and, and I, 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 God knew my heart and God put on me to talk about this and teach about this subject to get people involved in the work of the Lord for their fruitfulness, for their fulfillment, for their blessing, Uh, not only that, but for the blessing of the church and the building of the church. It is very important that we know this. But as I was going into it and studying it, man, I want to know my gift. I want to know what area it is that God wants me to serve. And I knew everybody wanted that. But you know what? God began to reveal to me some things. It's not, listen, it's not just what you do. It's what you are. God's destiny does not just include your job description. God's destiny does not just include uh, what you are gifted to accomplish or what you are gifted uh, to do for him in service for the king, but what you are is just as much your destiny as anything else in this world. Say amen. I begin to look at this and, and I begin to, God began to move on my mind and, and I wrote this down in my notes. Our destiny not only involves our purpose in life, but more importantly, our person. Many people want God to tell them His plan for their service, but they ignore His plan for their sanctification. They ignore his plan for their transformation. They ignore his plan for how God wants to mold them and make them and develop them into the person that he would have them be. You can be serving in every ministry in the church and be a devil inside and it not accomplish anything. What we are is just as important as what we do. I looked up some verses, Romans 8, 28. We know that God has a destiny for our our person and who we are. He says, for we know that all things work together, the good things, the bad things, the happy things, the sad things, all these things work for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And he begins to describe that purpose. Verse 29, "For for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. You find that word destiny in that word. Predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. What he is saying there, his purpose for your life is to be conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. God is saying, I want you to be like me. Be ye holy for I am holy. He wants us to become what we were in the Garden of Eden before the fall. God wants us to be, listen, holy, precious before him, righteous before him. He wants us in his image. He wants to conform us. He wants to transform us. Listen, Second Corinthians five seventeen. Watch this. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that, that, that the moment you get saved, you're going to quit everything you used to do or change all the appetites you used to have? And I, no, it says they are become new. But I guarantee you this, if you prayed a prayer and there was no change, you didn't get what I got. Because if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. If the Holy Ghost resides in your heart, you're not going to... Listen, you're never going to be the same. You cannot be the same. How can something as big as God move into your heart and your life and not go to redecorate and say amen? You will be different. There will be a transformation. And I'm afraid the movement today is just come like you are. God loves you like you are. Don't change that. Just be. Listen, that's okay. And God will. But I'm telling you, He will not leave you that way. We need to give somebody something to look forward to. God did take me like I was. God did find me in the gutter. He changed my heart and He changed my life. And I'm telling you, He did not leave me the way He found me. God wants to transform us. God wants to make us new. God wants to, listen, do a great work in us. What we are is as important as what we do. Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. The day you gave the Lord your life, the day you gave the Lord your heart, he started at work. He started changing. He started moving. He started hacking things away. He started adding things and putting things here. He wants to make you like his son. Things will be different. Listen, if what we are is not as important as what we do, why would Jesus say in 1 Corinthians 13, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or tinkling cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and... Though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profits me nothing. Jesus is speaking through the apostle Paul, and Paul said, I could have every gift listed in the Bible, but if I have hell and the devil in my heart, it's doing me no good. It doesn't matter how good I can sing. It doesn't matter how good I can speak. It doesn't matter what gifts that I have. If I am not right in my heart, it's doing me no good. So God does not just want to tell you what He wants you to do. God wants to tell you what He wants you to be. God wants to do a work in your heart. God doesn't want you full of bitterness. God doesn't want you full of jealousy. God doesn't want you full of pride. God doesn't want you full of these things. He wants to get that out so He could be inside and work through you. He said in Revelation 2 with the church of Ephesus, He said, I know thy works, thy patience, thy labor, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and how thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and has found them liars, and has borne in his patience, and for my name's sake has labored and hath not fainted nevertheless. Man, all of that list sounded pretty good to me. I mean, that church was doing it. They were busy. They were serving. They were working. They were putting it to it. I'm talking about they were going after it in the doing. But he said, I have somewhat against thee, because you have left your first love. He said, what you are is not what it ought to be. See everything on the outside was great, but God was looking at the heart. Listen, Samuel was anointing or wanted wanted to anoint all the sons of Jesse, but God said, "Nope, not that one. Nope, not that one. Nope, not that one. All the way to the last one, when he got to David, that's the one. He says because man looks on the outside. Yes, those other are taller. Those other are bigger." those other are probably more muscular maybe more handsome maybe maybe on the world standards they have a lot more than this man but he said i'm looking at his heart why was he looking at david's heart because according to the word of god david was a man after god's own it's not about your skill it's about your heart are we ready are we ready is god doing the work inside of us Be ye transformed. I had 15 different outlines on this. Brother Travis, this is one of them kind. I had so much information, it would choke a horse. I said, Lord, I don't have that much time on Sunday. I need to try to get down. And there's so much in, there's so much talking about the image of God. And God wanting us to be in his image over in Genesis and all these. Man, I wanted to bring up. I I did a whole study on the monarch butterfly and the process that the monarch butterfly had pictures and everything. And God said, no. He said, just work on this word. Just work on the word transform. The word transform, be ye transformed. Be ye transformed. It's, it's where, it's the Greek word metamorpho, which we get our word metamorphosis, which means a work from the inside out. I grew up in a movement that was so bent on making you and, 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 and forming you from the outside in. They didn't develop a relationship with the heart. They said, if you'll cut your hair, if you'll straighten up your clothes, if you'll, Talk this way and don't walk that way and, and 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 all this stuff and have all the do's and don'ts and have not and they didn't focus nothing on a relationship with Christ. They didn't do anything about the heart. It was all about the outside appearance. And then there was people that I knew that had all the outside appearance. I mean they had all the look that they said you had to have, yet they were full of the devil in their heart. The Bible said the Pharisees were the same way. On the outside, they were white as septicers. on the outside, they were a polished marble, but on the inside, they were full of dead men's bones. They walked around all high and polluting. They walked around in their religious garb. They walked around in their Sunday suit. They walked around all high and mighty, looking down on poor people, looking down on the publicans and sinners. And God said, you're walking around and making people think you're something and you're wanting to kill me right now. Listen, let's let's not talk about what we do today. Let's talk about what we are. What are we? We can't walk around this world thinking we're somebody just because we wear the right clothes or we talk the right way or we go the right step. Listen, what are we inside? What do we think when we come across that homeless person, Brother Travis? What do we think when we come across that attic that or that drunk? What do we think when we call, come across that person who's probably not dressed like they ought to be? Now, nobody leave here and say, oh, that preacher, he's taking away his standards. He said, no, I'm not. I believe in all of that. I believe you need to walk right. I believe you need to talk right. I believe you need to dress right. I believe when they look at you, there should be no question, that boy's a Christian. Or that's a boy. I ain't changed nothing. I still believe that. But I'm telling you this, if you've got all of that and you've got got self-righteousness in your heart and you've got bitterness in your heart, don't think your haircut's going to cut it with the Lord. It's what we are. What are we? Are we being transformed? He said, be ye transformed. The world wants to conform. There is... Three things, and I really want to talk about the middle thing, so I'll give you the first thing quick and the last thing quick, and we'll hunker down in the middle thing, all right? Uh, Three things in this verse that God showed me about the subject of transformation. How many of y'all have ever seen a butterfly? Raise your hand. Seen a butterfly? Real high can I see it. All right, butterfly. That's the coolest creature in the world. They start out, that monarch butterfly start out, listen, the the egg is laid on a milkweed. And, 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 and the egg is, is the size of the top of a pin, the head of a pin. And that, that, that little caterpillar is inside of that, and it, it breaks loose. And it starts chewing on everything. That's the, I mean, just just starts eating. I mean, right away, Brother Mickle just eating. I mean, it's consumed with its surroundings right there where it is. But do you realize it's locked in? It's stuck where it is. It's consumed with everything about it, but all it cares about is the food around it. All it cares about is its own surroundings. All it cares about is its own little world. But then something takes place in the life of that caterpillar. The life of that caterpillar, really being a caterpillar, dies. Goes into a cocoon. And really, the caterpillar dies. Not completely, not physically, it doesn't cease to exist, but it dies being a caterpillar. And then in that cocoon, there's something happening, Brother Mickle. It's glorious. It's mysterious. They, they, the Scientists still don't have it all down, and they don't have it all figured out. But in the process of time, there's a transformation going on. There's a metamorphosis going on. I mean, everything about that caterpillar changes. Everything about its body, everything about its lifestyle, everything changes. Boy, when it comes out of that cocoon. It's no, listen, it's no longer stuck to the leaf. It's no longer just caring about its own little world. Man, it's free to fly away. It's free. Listen, before it was just consumed with its surroundings, but now it is flying everywhere, sipping on nectar. It has been set free. But do you realize the whole time it was the destiny of that caterpillar to be free in the fly. So what's that got to do with me? I'm glad you asked. Because God don't want you to be consumed with yourself. God doesn't want you to be consumed with the, the surroundings around you. Your own little world. There is so much to the will of God. There is so much that God wants to offer you and show you. But if you never die to self, you'll always be stuck in that rut you're in. But after you die to self, son, there is things God will reveal to you that you never knew. God wants to transform you. God don't want you leaving today like you came. God don't want you thinking the same like you came. God's got a great world for you. God's got a great life for you. God's got a great purpose for you. But it comes after the transformation. How many of y'all want God to transform you? Come on, tell the truth. There's three things I want you to know about transformation. Number one, the perils of transformation. The perils of transformation. He says, be not conformed to this world. There is a devil in hell in all around this world that does not want you to be transformed. He says, a roaring lion roaming about seeking whom he may devour. He is the prince of the air. He is, listen, He is the power of this world. He is behind this culture. He is behind the wicked societies of this world. He is behind these things. And I'm telling you, He don't want you to be transformed. He wants you to be stuck in a rut. He wants you to be stuck in your own little life, your own little world, your own little circle, thinking everything is supposed to make you happy. Everything is supposed to be here to please you. Listen, that's where He wants to keep you. What What are the perils to my transformation Number one, or A, the pull of self. The pull of self. I am my own worst enemy. When I look in the mirror, that's the biggest problem I have, me. Did anybody agree with, 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 not that it just me, you too, amen, anybody? I, I have biggest problems with me than anything else in this world. Paul said the same thing. He said in, in Romans 7, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But watch what he says. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. He says in seven eighteen. he says, For I know that in me, that is my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For, to, to with, uh, for with it is to, to do good with it, no, excuse me, no good thing. For to will is present. In other words, I want to do right. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. In other words, every day of my life, I have to fight my own self. I have to fight my own flesh. I have to fight my own wicked desires. The heart is utterly deceitful. Listen, when you think you have arrived and you think you've got it all together and you don't have no more problems, you are ready to fall and bust your nose because I'm telling you, I have to fight it every single day of my life. I have got to get control of the flesh or it will take over. The perils of transformation. The pull of self, the pull of our flesh, the pull of our carnal, listen, the carnal side of us that needs to be redeemed, amen. One day we're going to leave it all behind, thank God. But not only the pull of self, but the pressure of society. The pressure of society. The word conformed means pressed into a mold. Pressed into a mold. The, the, The pressure of today is incredible. We need every day of our life, we ought to wake up early in the morning and say, God, please anoint the teenagers of Temple Baptist Church and watch over them, keep them safe as they go to school. You say, oh, it's always been that way. No, it has not. I'm telling you, there's things that they that was not 30 years ago, was not 20 years ago, was not 15 years ago. There is everything in the world on regular TV. I mean, sex is pointed everywhere. We wonder why there's so many young teenagers that are having babies out of wedlock. I'm telling you because there is such a great pressure to conform to this world, to make everything. If you're shacking up with somebody, that's just normal. If you're living a homosexual lifestyle, that's just normal. If all of this is going on... That's just normal. They are pressuring people to be what they are. I, 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 uh, y'all know I'm a Gator fan. I can't help it. It's the way I was born. Hallelujah. And there was some, there was some, uh, uh, there was some, uh, help me now, people in the newspaper, reporters. SEC media days. I can't help it. I was listening to it. They was interviewing him. Y'all know his stand for Christ. He preaches in prisons. He shares his, his witness. All. They said, are you saving yourself for marriage? They was trying to embarrass him. Anybody that stands for God, they're going to try to cut them down one way or the other. And you know what he said? I sure am. could have any woman he wanted. But he said, I sure am. That's what I believe the Bible teaches. And everyone in the world started making fun let me tell you young people something let me tell you young people something who 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 you are you are pure right now you have not you have not gone that way you let's just you you are a virgin let's just say it just like it is all right that's what the bible calls it you can be what they are anytime you choose but they can never again be what you are (laughs) don't give up what god gave you Don't give in to the pressure. It's going to be there, I promise you. You say, what do we do about it? Get around where it ain't. Get around people that want what you want, that desire the lifestyle that you desire. Don't be hanging around the garbage, you'll get ants. There's a, listen, a pressure to make what you are. I, I, I read an article this week that the the, the, the Psychiatric Association put out an article and a letter saying that all of these people who are trying to, to change uh, the homosexuals into a, a straight lifestyle, trying to change the Christian right that's going, trying to do that, they're totally wrong and it's impossible to do. I wanted to throw up. I wanted, I'm i telling you, the world is getting crazier and crazier. doesn't matter how many they lined up didn't matter how much evidence they presented. They said, no, that's just that way. They're born that way. I got news for you. It's a choice. But there's a pressure to conform. God doesn't, listen, he does everything he can for you to transform you into the man or woman God wants you to be. But you got to watch out because your flesh is going to be fighting you and this world's going to be fighting you. They want you to conform to what they are. But God says, I want you to transform Into what I am. Hallelujah. Number two. What was number one? We see the... Can y'all see that? Is that obvious enough? Perils of transformation. Then number two, I want you to see this. I want you to see the process of transformation. The process of transformation. He says, by the renewing of your mind. How do we renew our mind? How do we renew our mind? I believe, I believe through the scriptures. I believe the number one way, the number one step, the number one direction is through, write this down, put A up there for me, Brother Barnes, through the scriptures that we follow. Do you have that verse for me? you have that verse underneath that? Watch this verse right here. 2 Corinthians 3.18. If you'll go back and look at the verses before that, you, you see that they're talking about the word of God. And he says, Behold, we all with open face, beholding as in a glass, in other words, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. We are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, let me, let me, let me describe that a minute. That, that glass, that mirror, it's, it's in representation. He's saying that the Word of God is that mirror, is that glass. Now, when you stand, uh, Brother Shane, when you stand in front of a mirror, God help that mirror, amen. But when you, when you stand in front of a mirror, Amen. You got to love him. Amen. He's yours and you got to keep him no matter what. Hallelujah. You see a reflection of yourself, correct? You see a, a, an equal representation of who you are. But when you look into God's Word, into God's mirror, into the glass of God's Word, you don't see your image or your reflection. You see His. The Word of God is all about Christ. It is the image of God... The Old Testament is about Him. The New Testament is about Him. He is the theme and the treasure and the truth of the Bible. Everything from Genesis to Revelation is about God's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And what this verse is saying, the more you look at it, the more you study it, the more you read it, the more you meditate on it, the more you mull over it, the more you become little by little, inch by inch into the image of His Son. The more you read about Him, about His character, about His thinking, about His behavior, about a selfless sacrificial service you become more like Jesus Christ I'm telling you the word of God is so important in your transformation you have no idea how much of a key it is for you knowing the will of God for your life you being involved in the destiny that God has for you don't look for the destiny that God has for you and have that much dust on your Bible but it is becoming what he wants you to become and that is in the image of the Lord that we will find reading our Bible studying our Bible, hearing the Bible taught, hearing the Bible preached, hearing the Bible read. You say, I don't know how to read. Well, get all you can by ear. Go buy it on tape. Go buy it on CD. Because the more the Word of God we get in our heart, thy Word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And we'll change. Listen, it's kind of like antibiotics. You take them pills and right away you don't feel it. Right away it don't do anything for you. But the more you take it, what's happening, there is a change going on inside that you can't see, you can't feel at first, but I'm telling you, after a while, the more it comes and the more you do it, the more you read and the more you study, all of a sudden listen, that day that you would have raised king that day you would have flipped somebody off if they pulled out in front of you, that day you would have cussed them out like a sailor, listen, the next time that happens, you don't get so mad you got mad, but you didn't get as mad why? because you were changing from glory to glory, you didn't react the same that you used to do, you didn't do the same as you used to do. Why? There is a transformation taking place. Say, preacher, but what if I did? It takes time. Say, amen. I wish to say I'm totally transformed, but I'm still working on my wings. Amen. Don't we all have issues? But I ain't what I used to be. You ain't what you ought to be. No, but I'm not what I'm going to be either. Amen. Hang tight. I believe the transformation process takes place through the scriptures we follow. But not only that, but look here. This is what I really want to talk about. But the transformation takes place through the struggles that we face. The struggles we face. Man, I was reading and studying about that butterfly. And scientists, you know, they'll mess things up. They, they... Listen, man was watching this taking place and it came time for the butterfly to come out of its cocoon. There was just a small opening where that butterfly had to come out and, boy, it was fighting and it was struggling and it was struggling and it was, man, it was flapping and fighting and, boy, it just seemed like to give up. It would try and it would try and it would try and it was struggling and it would fight and it would claw and it just couldn't seem to get it done. It was such a large butterfly in such a small hole to come through. Well, he had a bright idea. He said, I'll help it out. So he took scissors and cut open the cocoon, and, and the butterfly just came out very easily, without any effort whatsoever. I mean, just easy as can be. He's so proud of himself because he helped the butterfly, he thought. And, and here the butterfly was sitting there, and, and it had a real swelled-up body, real shriveled-up wing. He said, at any moment, them wings are going to fold on out, and he's going to fly away. But he kept watching, and he kept watching, and it never happened. It never took place. Listen, the rest of that butterfly's life, which wasn't very long, had to walk around with a swollen up body and, and shriveled-up wings. Because what he didn't know, the way God designed this process, that the struggles that he was in, God used to push the fluid out of his body into the wings, to form the wings. And it was the struggle that made him what he was. And it was that fight, and it was that frustration, and it was that struggle, that pushing, that fighting, that, that working, that, that pulling, that tugging. All of that was working on the benefit of that butterfly so that butterfly would have the ability to fly away and be what God destined it to be but he took that struggle away and the butterfly never became what god intended it for it to be preacher what are you saying i'm saying this i think a lot of what we're doing in in our small group we talked about some things uh uh we talked about a lot of things tuesday but you know what one of the things we're talking about how much the devil's working on us I'm on, that, I'm on that Facebook thing. Now, whether you think that's an antichrist, whatever, it's, I'm addicted because I'm nosy. I want to know what people are doing. Amen? I can't help it. It's just in me. It's just in me. God's working on that, Brother Chris. Amen? But one person said, Jonathan McNeese wrote on there, does it seem like the devil's working overtime? And you would not believe the responses under that. You too? Yeah, me too. I mean, a pile. Did anybody see that? Did anybody see that? It's our, I admitted I was on it. I know there's more in here. I got friends in here on that. Say amen. But here we are, a whole list of, yes, that's right. Me too. Me all over the country. Not just, not just Coleman, all over the country. I said, see there, Lord, I told you he's ganging up on us. And boy, God began to speak to my heart. He said, son, you're giving the devil way too much credit. I got a verse for you. I got a verse for you. 1 Peter 1, 6. Wherein you greatly rejoice though now for a season, if need be, I love that. God, in other words, God said, I'm not going to do it if you don't need it. but if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptation. I'm talking about difficulties, hardships, they were, they, were being, they were being burned at the stake when this was being written. I'm not talking about the measly stuff we deal with, that the trial of your faith, the testing of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found in the praise and honor and glory at the period of Jesus Christ. I want to ask you, has he been testing you? Have you been struggling lately? It may not be the devil. It may be God developing you some wings. I asked for strength, and God gave me difficulties to make me strong. I asked for wisdom, and God just gave me problems to solve. I asked for prosperity, and God gave me brains and brawn to work. I asked for courage, and God gave me danger to overcome. I asked for love, but God gave me troubled people to help. I asked for favors, and God gave me opportunities. I received nothing I wanted, but God gave me everything I needed. See, what you're facing may not be the devil at all. It may be God developing you. Tribulation worketh patience. I don't like tribulation, but I sure need patience. Have you ever seen that that one with the newborn that's just flipping out of their mind? They got that little toddler. And, they, I mean, that little taller is just a little hoodlum. And, I mean, they just. But then that one over there has got like 22 youngins. They ain't. You know why? They done been there. They done faced all that. They done done all that. And God developed in them. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. Don't give the devil too much credit about the struggles in your life. It may not be the devil doing it. It may be God using things to transform you. Sister Mary Davidson used to sing that song. Lord, don't move that mountain. Just give me strength to climb. Lord, if you should move each mountain, I'd grow weaker every time. Sometimes we need those mountains. Sometimes we need those struggles. Sometimes we need those hardships. Sometimes we need those things that upset us and make us cry. Sometimes we need that to be what God wants us to be. See, it's not just what you do, it's who you are. I don't like them irritating people. Brother Kendrick, would you admit there's some irritating people in this world? Just a few. I would disagree. There's just a few more. EGRs. That's what we call them right here. Extra grace required. But you know, the Bible says that Jesus loves everybody. Well, how am I going to learn to love that one? God's going to put them around me. I don't even like being around them. Well, that's your problem. That's why God's got them around you. Why? He wants you to love them. God will make us face what we're weak at on a regular basis. Well, I failed that test. Well, look out, honey, it's coming again. You'll keep facing it till you pass. Why? Because God don't want you stuck in your little world. God don't want you consumed with yourself. God wants you flying with freedom and liberty and experiencing everything God's got for you. Church, say amen. I'm done. There's one last one, but you can write it down if you want to. There's a purpose of transformation. That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Listen, the purpose of transformation is two things. Just write it down and we're going to pray. For spiritual discernment and then skill development. We need to be transformed. I need to be what God wants me to be so I can discern the will of God for my life. Say, preacher, where am I going to know the will of God for my life? It may not be. It may not be the problem. It may not be the problem of him telling you what it is. He may have already told you what it is. The problem might be you're you're just not surrendered yet. The problem may not be that you don't know what to do. The problem may be you're not what you need to be to do it. Where are you at? It's not just what we... Now, don't lose me now. I, I I see pencils and paper shutting up. Stay with me. Wait till we pray. It's not just what you do. It's who we are. I beseech you, therefore, brother, I beg you, he says, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Are you at the place in your life right now? Here's a question. This is a serious question. Put your seatbelt on. This is the deal. This is the deal. It's all right here. Everybody look at me. I want to see your eyeballs. I I don't want nobody to miss this. Look at me. All right. Are you at a place in your Christian life right now where you can say no matter where, no matter when, no matter how, God, use me. Are you at the place where you're kneeling before the Lord saying, it is, send me. Here is thy servant, send me. I don't care where, I don't care how. I don't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's Zimbabwe. It doesn't matter if it's Iraq. It doesn't matter if it's Africa. Lord, where, where do you want me? Is your life surrendered? Are you in that sanctified place where God is working on you, developing you? where you're accepting his correction in your life, you're accepting what he's doing in your life. I'm tired of getting whoopings. Well, straighten up. I used to think my dad snatched me up and whooped me for practice, but he never did. It was always what that verse said, if need be. You may may be going through right now, and if need be. Well, he ain't doing it because he hates you. He's doing it because he's trying to mold you. Preacher, you just don't know what I'm fighting right now. You're fighting to get out of that cocoon. Preacher, I surrendered everything. This seems like the more I surrender, the worse it gets. Oh, no, it's going to get better. He's just building your strength to accomplish your destiny. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Now, I want everybody.